Hey, 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 this is Mary again at Mary Unapologetic. I am actually going to talk about Maria Kallenbach. She is in our PDR industry. They own A1 Tool Company. And for those folks out there who doesn't know what PDR stands for, it's actually paintless dent removal. And in our industry, what we do is um, we take door dents or door dings out rather than taking the cars to the body shop and um, doing body shop stuff. You know, customers or, you know, dealerships or uh, body shops can actually um, save more money if we go this route rather than the full on working on cars. So anyways, um, the reason why I'm bringing, bringing Maria on my podcast is because something happened to her and she inspired me with her courage. You know, the progress that I'm seeing from last year to this year. And I'm inspired by that. I'm actually um, attracted to um, people that have overcome adversities because something happened with me too in the past that I overcome, you know, hardships and adversities. So anyway, I'm going to introduce Maria Kallenbag. Hey, 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 Maria. Hey, Mary. Thank you so much for having me. It's it's an honor to be here with you. Oh, thank you. You're so humble. I like that. That's one of the stuff that I that I like about you. Oh. So anyways, um, do you want to um, tell the folks, you know, what kind of company you guys have? What, you know, you know, like, I know you guys are important in our industry because you provide tools for our people, you know, like a um, company like me as well as um, independent contractors that are chasing hail. So um, you want to say a little bit about your company? Sure. Um, my husband and I own A1 Tool. It's a family-run business. His parents, my parents help out. And we have um, several employees that have become like family to us. And we have um, just a shop where we manufacture tools that the dent technicians buy to get their work finished. And um, we're always looking out for cutting edge tools, ways that will make their um, work more convenient, more ergonomic for their bodies, and just, you know, just help them to be more quick, you know. Um, so we're just always building more tools, looking for new designs. And um, yeah, we just put them out there for all the dent technicians. And it's just truly amazing what they can do. And also to training schools and yeah, it's, it's a, it's a neat deal. It's a neat um, industry and it's um, especially nice just in that we have such a, a family uh, mentality within our industry. And so I really like that aspect of it. Okay, good. And how long have you guys been in business? I mean, I don't know if you mentioned that. Yeah. One. Well, John and I purchased the company, um, almost 20 years ago. It will be 20 years ago in September. Mm -hmm. And so we um, just kind of jumped ship from where we were headed. Um, my husband had been an attorney. I was a school teacher. I taught third grade. And, um, you know, there was an opportunity and he said, this is just a really neat thing. I mean, I want to know more about it. And so he learned more about it. He became very interested 
and then just kind of gave up everything. And we, of course, put everything we had and our family had, and we just, we, it was kind of like that little, that diamond in the field, you know, you, you think, okay, if I can buy the field, then I'll have this diamond. And that was us. We put everything that we had into it, but it has given us such a, a great rewarding experience for our families, for, you know, just, just to be a part of this industry. It's been, it's been wonderful, but it's hard to imagine we've been doing it for about 20 years now. Wow. Wow. Yep. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, you know what? This is actually to tell the truth, Maria. I mean, I actually met Maria at one of the show. Was it MTE? Yes. Because you met Mike first before me. Yeah. Yes. He was the reason why John and I went to one in the first place. Really? Yes. Your husband um, invited John and I to be on PDR Tool Time. And while we were on it, he got us to, he was asking, why don't you guys come to MTE? And um, I had been wanting to go for years. Mm -hmm. And John would would always say, I don't know. That's a a big commitment. That's going to cost a lot of money. And um, anyway, Mike said, you guys need to be there. And anyway, John says, well, okay, I guess we'll try it out. And so (laughs) I was so happy. And I said, okay, I'm going to hold you to that, John. And so um, we went and it was really something. It was like, wow. It's just probably a different world than what you know. And you're like, yeah, Yeah. I'm glad I went, right? That's what. Oh, it was was great because we met so many people and were able to network and, and, you know, and it's hard because when you're an exhibitor, it's so exhausting. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times when the day is done, we go back to our hotel, we get a bite to eat, and we just go to bed. We're so worn out. But it's always fun to hear the stories of the dent techs and all of their networking. And they, you know, they just enjoy hanging out all evening with each other. And they just keep coming back the next day. And the training that they have offer there is it's just great. A great experience. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. So for all folks out there who doesn't know what a MTE stands for, it's actually Mobile Tech Expo. It happens um, once a year in Florida. And then last year we started um, having it also in Las Vegas around September. I think this year it's going to be in August. So well, that's good. So that's how I, I, that's how I actually met Maria. And the first time I met you, I was like, wow, this girl is pretty. You know, <laughs> well, that's what I thought about you. I was like, wow. And I think you had Gabby with you the first time I saw you. And yeah. she was so adorable. I still have the picture I took of you, too. They were you were both just so pretty. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I was like, you know, I mean, I like to look at beautiful things, you know, pretty things. And it's it's just me. It's like for me, it's like. You know, I, I'm like, okay, what's her secret? You know, she looks so pretty. <laughs> oh, my. Well, thank you. <laughs> so anyways, um, okay, going back to the stuff that happened last year, I invited you on my podcast and I said, hey, only share what you feel comfortable with because we all, you know, um, have our you know, um, time of healing, you know, how long it would take one person to heal. And so 
you know, I'm not giving you any pressure of how much you want to share. Just share what you can and what you're comfortable with. So why don't you um, walk us through the incident? You know, actually, actually, prior to the incident, what do you guys do or what do you do to uh, relax? Because this incident, you were like, you know, in the pool, I think, trying to, you know, get some kind of a relaxation. So what do you normally do prior to the incident, you know, as far as relaxing or or winding down? Yeah, well, um, about four years ago, John and I purchased um, this beautiful piece of property in the country, and it's way up on the top of this hill, and um, we built our home, and in the back, we just kind of built this retreat. It's Mm -hmm. like there's this swimming pool, there's the hot tub spa, an outdoor kitchen, a place where you can just kind of sit and relax and unwind. And um, I am an outdoor person. I just, I love nature. So that was where I would go um, just to sit outside. We have little water fountains that kind of pour into our, our pool. And I would just sit out there. I mean, in fact, the night before the accident, I was sitting out there with the fountains on, the lights on outdoors. It's just beautiful. I mean, so peaceful. And I remember sitting out there and just thinking, everything is just so good right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you get to a point where maybe you've worked really hard and you're at a place where you're so comfortable with and your children are in a good place and you've worked hard to nurture them and your marriage you know, I was feeling like, you know, we had just celebrated 20 years together mm-hmm. um, and we had been to Italy. That was a dream come true for me. I was just thinking how blessed I was, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But um, the next morning, actually, was even still good. I met with my best friend. We did a workout. I was I was taking care of my body. Um we did, you know, she, we did a little Bible study, actually. She asked me how she could pray for me. And I said, hey, I, I'm really, I'm all good. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't think of when I've been better. And um, she left. I had a salad. I mean, I was eating right, Mary. I was doing everything right. You yeah, know? yeah. And uh, and then I, I went outside and, um, you know, I was just sitting out there and we had um just had our hot tub serviced because it had the heater had been broken and oh, um, okay. sat through the winter time and we didn't clean it appropriately. We didn't know it was kind of new to us. Mm-hmm. And so he says, yeah, your heater's trashed. We'll send a guy out there and um, we'll get it going. So we did and we hadn't used it. And um, it was the day after Labor Day. And so you know, I kind of thought we'd all be outside at the pool. We had our parents over both sets, but we didn't even go outside because um, my daughter had, she plays music and they just enjoyed listening to her inside. But so I was like, you know, I really need to get out and enjoy that hot tub. Mm-hmm. I was sore. It was a hot day, but I'm like, I'm just going to get in for just, just a few minutes and just kind of, you know, I was a little sore. Mm-hmm. So I go over there and um, ours is round in shape and it has a cover. Always we have the cover on top. Mm -hmm. And when you open it, 
it opens up halfway. There's like a circle and it flaps open halfway mm-hmm. and then you have to move it off the rest. Well, I had kind of been in the habit of I flip it open halfway and then I take off my shoes and then I step down into it as I push the rest of it the rest of the way off. Well, that's what I did. Uh-huh. But the problem was that it had malfunctioned somehow. We still don't know what happened. Um, you know, you you can't tell it's hotter. I couldn't tell. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's not a thermostat there for me to look at. But even the thermostat later they read, it didn't say what the temperature was in there. Um, I really don't know what happened, and we are looking into that. But it was too hot. And the moment that I stepped down into it, I knew it was all wrong. You um, know you were in trouble. Was it was it um, hot already when you um, stepped down on it? Yeah, it was scalding hot. Oh, my it gosh. It was scalding hot. In fact, the next day when someone went out there to check the temperature, it was 161. Wow. And it takes like one second of that for you to be scalded and have to have surgery. I don't know how long I was in there. Uh I don't know exactly what the temperature was when I went in there, but it was scalding hot. And as soon as my foot hit the water, when I stepped down, stepped into it, I could tell it was all wrong. And I knew, like you said, I knew I was in trouble. Yeah. And my first thought, you know, and you're just falling. I, we didn't have handrails or anything. Yeah. Um, my first thought was, I'm going to have one shot. I could already feel my body just like I couldn't move. It felt like slow motion. It felt like I couldn't move. I was just falling. And I just thought, I'm going to have one shot at this. And... um when I, you know, felt the bottom of the tub, I just, with everything in me, I I just thought, this is it. This is it, or it's not it. This is going to be, you know. And I just, with everything I had in me, I thought about my kids. And I just jumped. I jumped up and to the side, just kind of leaning. I just jumped to the side. And I kind of grabbed a hold of the side of the tub Mm -hmm. and I just kept fighting and pulling myself out. And I remember uh, when I got out, I was like on all fours beside the tub and I saw what I could see was when I looked at my left arm it was like um, a clear, long glove sliding off. I think it was my skin. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just thought, I just said in my head, Elena, Anna, Dory. I said my kid's name in my head, mm-hmm. and I knew I had to keep going. It's like you just, it wasn't over, you mm-hmm. know? It mm-hmm. was 
it was like um, the worst nightmare, you know, it, I couldn't stop. And um, I remember my cat had been there. I remember my cat running off. I think I was screaming mm-hmm. and the pool was open too. And I remember I was able to get up and I go to the pool and I sat down and I put my legs and I tried to get my arms in and I was just shaking and screaming you know, just wanting cold water, but I couldn't get in where I sat down was the deep end. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, I can't get in or I'm going to drown. Yeah. I have no strength for this. And then I remember looking up where I had been sitting on the back patio and I could see my phone on this little table. And I don't know why, but I go over there and I hit my um, favorites and A1 tool. I, I called A1 tool. I don't know why. I, I mean, I knew in my head I needed to talk to John. Yeah. But he, of course, never answers. It was Brian. And I just started thinking, no, I need to call 911. But I just said, Brian, it's Maria. I fell in my hot tub. I need an ambulance. I, you know, I just started just shouting, I guess. Later, Brian could not even understand what I was saying, and he wasn't even sure it was me. Mm -hmm. But I hung up on him, and then I go into my bathroom, and I, um, I see the bathtub there, and I walked over there, and I put the, I closed, put the plug in, and I turned on cold, and I dialed 911 and I hit speaker and I laid it on my chair by the tub and I got into the tub and um, I remember there was a voice and I, I talked and um, was trying to tell what happened. And then at some point I just kind of shut down. I just went within myself and I just started praying and just started saying, you know, just praying, God, be with me. Please just be with me. And I just no longer was talking to that guy. I was just praying and just not looking at anything, just afraid to look at anything. And um, at some point in time, I could hear the voice on the phone. And I remember him saying, you have to get out of the tub. I don't know whether I was going into shock and he was afraid I would drown. Uh-huh. I'm not really sure. Um, meanwhile, Brian had found John and said, John, I think Maria called and she said something about the hot tub and 911. And John just knew something was wrong. And he just stopped what he was doing. And he called 911 and he got in the truck and he started driving home. And they told him they're on the phone with me at that point. Uh And um, so I'm on the phone with 911 and the guy's telling me, you've got to get out of the tub. So I tried to get out of the tub and I remember screaming, I'm naked. I'm, I'm naked. And, 
I, you know, I just thought I don't even have anything on, you know, um, I was just imagining, <laughs> I don't know why you think about stuff like that. Right. But yeah, I felt so vulnerable. And then I just, I, I went, I remember just going to the counter and hanging on to it for support and just looking at my eyes in the mirror. And then I just started praying again. And I just, you know, God be with me like you were with Joseph, like you were with David. I just thought of all of that. And then I started quoting the 23rd Psalm about, you know, even though we're walking through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. And I just kept, I just kept praying. So then I remember, um, what I don't remember is John was the first person to find me. And then shortly after, right after he got there to the bathroom, then there were three women at EMS professionals. I don't know why. Uh-huh. I don't know if they, I don't think they could arrange that, but there were three women, the driver and two professionals. But John said he got there first and was like, what happened? I don't even remember that. Yeah. Later when I asked him, how did you even know where I was? He said, I could hear you screaming. I could hear you screaming. And I don't even remember that. I just remember a calm, right? Yes. Just calm at that point. But um, anyway, they asked me if I could walk because there's a long, narrow hall and they didn't know they could get me on the stretcher and around the corner. So I said, okay. And I walked and then they got on the stretcher and then um, they put me in and I remember yelling John's name and they said, he will meet you there. And they shut the doors. And um, I remember I was in the back with these two women and I remember saying, I need the Bible. Uh I was so, and she said, we don't have a Bible here. I have an app. This girl told me, she goes, I have an app. Tell me what you want. And she just, um, I would say, I said, Psalm 23 and she found it and she read it to me. And I would say again, and she would read it to me. And I would just, I would just start naming things I knew. And pretty soon I lost consciousness and, um, the next thing I know, I'm awake and, you know, I'd about died. I don't know how many different times they thought they were going to lose me. Um, infections, I kept getting infections and um, my heart rate would go up and my blood pressure. And, um, you know, and then I just, you know, I realized, you know, you know, I, I woke up and I was intubated. I couldn't even talk to anyone except I could write down on a a marker board, you know, uh-huh. and I was wrapped up from my neck down. And um, that's, that's basically, you know, then you go through the whole hospital stay and it was, it was horrible. It was just what you have to do as a burn survivor to um, get well, you know, they have to dress your wounds. They had had to do some surgery on me. And take more, you know, I had 82% of my body burned and that was really bad. You know, when they told John that they're like, 
you know, she might not make it. I mean, people don't make it with that much of their body burned. And, um, you know, everybody just thought, I, I'm, I'm just probably not going to make it. And then they said, she's got severe burns that we need to cover. So we're going to have to take skin grafts from her upper arms and her shoulder where she has skin. Uh-huh. But that's going to be then 90% of her body is going to be exposed. So only her face, you know. And it was so sad to John just thinking the only way for her to get over this, we're going to have to take more skin. Yeah. And, you know, of course, he's thinking, I'm sure he was thinking, what am I going to look like? I mean, um, it's just, um, yeah, it was just really bad. The whole, the whole thing was bad. The pain, the, the trauma, you know, you think you're going to go relax and instead you're fighting for your life. It was, um, it was just so shocking. And, and, and when John called, he called Bob, you know, who's Monica's husband, my best friend, when he called her and said, Maria's been in an accident. She's like, Maria, who? I just left there. Mm -hmm. What are you talking about? You know, he's like, Maria calling Bob. You know, she had just left my house. Um, it was just, it was just so shocking. So many ways. You just truly, in a moment, your life can change. And that's what happened. Yeah. Um, we were actually. that coming. When that happened to you, we were actually, um, like what you said, it was Labor Day weekend. We were actually in Las Vegas for the MTE. So oh, when yeah. when we when I heard it, I was like, I was like shocked. I said, Maria Callen back? Are you sure? And then somebody said yes. And I said, oh, my goodness, I hope she's okay. And we're all like, you know, we're all like um, trying to um, kind of like, well, for me, you know, I just prayed for you because I'm like thinking, okay, well, we, we don't know the unknown. You know what I mean? What, what mm -hmm. we know at that time was very little information. Yeah. And so I was like, well, we don't know how bad it is. And I, and I was praying that you're okay, you know? And, but yeah. then when somebody said that it's like, um, I think it was like what, 80% of your body. And I was like, well, what does that mean? I mean, is she gonna make it? I hope she does because I would like to, um, have a conversation with you again. You know what I mean? I would like to see yeah. you again face to face. And then so my yeah. thing was, I just like, okay, I got to go pray. And so um, like what you were saying, yeah. I think what got you through it is that you reach out there to, you know, something higher up or someone higher up for um, peace. And yeah. and what you're saying is that John was, you know, John knew where you were because you, you were probably screaming, you know, out of the painful experience that you're going through that that day and then but then in your mind you were like at peace you know what i'm saying yeah, to get you through that I had no, yeah i had no memory of the screaming in my head it was just clinging to the hope that god was with me and he was going to stay there till i was going to be okay mm -hmm. you know because i was alone here I didn't have anyone. Yeah. And that was what I clung to. It's just the one 
person to me who I know will be there for me. Yeah. And um, I know not everyone believes, um, but for me, that is what got me through and what got me through since um, because it's been a very long process, you yeah. know? Yeah. It's not the life I would have picked for me to live. Yeah. Um, yeah. So now, um, I'm, I'm the same way, Maria. You know, I mean, like what you said, not everyone believes. But I, I believe that there's something bigger and better than us. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and for me, you know, like what you said, that's what got you through to that time, you know, that time to get, you know, to get out of the hot tub, go to your house. I mean, that was like a painful experience, you know, and, and the fact yeah. that you're all, all alone, you know, I mean. Even now, I marvel that I could do any of those things. I was told later, people that have this happen in a hot tub, they don't get out. Oh, my goodness. It, like, I didn't even know this happened to other people. And so that's why. I would also like to bring awareness because I didn't know uh -huh. the attorney that we're talking to says it happens and people don't get out, oh, you know, and I think to myself, if that had been my children, because they're smaller than me or my mom uh -huh. or John's mom, someone older, um, you know, and the doctors told me in the hospital, had I not taken good care of myself before the accident, mm -hmm. I may not have had the strength. Um, oh, my gosh. You know, and I just, um, I don't know. There were so many different things that are just, you know, even that I made it at all through the infections, you know, then I'm fighting for my life to get over this infection. There were so many people that in my community, my church, other churches, I heard later, and you who prayed for us, who knows but God didn't hear and want to bless those prayers. I don't know, but I'm just so grateful for those that stopped and prayed and, and just, yeah, I mean, I have been so humbled by the outpouring from my everything, you know, the PDR industry, our community, and just I could go on and on. But so many people surrounded us with their love and support and encouragement that I really think a lot of that has to do with it as well. Um, yeah, well, our PDR, PDR industry, it's like a a little, you know, um, tight-knit community, you know what yes, I mean? I mean, I mean, the first time I met you, it's like, we just, you know, we just like click. And so yeah. at that yeah. moment, I'm like, okay, I can, you know, she's like a family, you know, like a friend that's like a family. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah, so I, I want what's best for you and what's, you know what I mean? So I was like praying and I was like, okay, I, I have to see her again. So she gotta, she's got to get through this. You know, and and so my thing now, I want to ask you, um, are you still like um, doing some kind of therapy, whether it's um, emotionally or some kind of like a PT therapy? Did you do any of that? Mm -hmm. 
Yes, I did a lot of different things. Um, when um, I got out of the hospital, then they sent me to a very, um, oh, it was a rehabilitation center that was very intense. They had me doing physical therapy three times a day and occupational therapy and speech therapy and um, just kind of cognizant, you know, because you're on so many medications mm-hmm. at your hospital stay. It affects your, you kind of get like brain fog, mm-hmm. you know. And of course, um, I saw someone there who talked about the trauma. And at the time, I remember asking him, you know, what will I say when someone asks me about this? Because I can't talk about it. I cry, mm-hmm. you know, and he said, you need to come up with a statement that you say, you know, that lets people know, you know, I had an accident. I really don't feel comfortable talking about it right now. You know, so I had someone to kind of direct me in that early stage mm-hmm. with my mental, you know, and also I was very upset to see myself mm-hmm. in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Because I had always been, you know, one to take care of my hair mm-hmm. and my nails mm-hmm. and my makeup and everything had, you know, I was very concerned about being put together. So mm-hmm. when I would look in the mirror, I could see this horrible mess. I looked to me, I looked like a monster. And I looked, I could see parts of the accident like I could remember Mm -hmm. my arm and what I saw and uh, it was just very hard and he said you need to spend time every day and look at yourself Mm -hmm. and tell yourself you're going to heal and you will heal and you're beautiful yeah and you're beautiful well I I had to work on that right Mm -hmm. and um and then after I got out of the rehabilitation place, then I was at home and um, I would then go to physical therapy and occupational therapy um, at the local hospital. And that is where I received such a tremendous amount of support. Mm-hmm. Um, my physical therapist was this guy who was very you know, systematic. He pushed me. He um, encouraged me. I had days where I would show up Mm -hmm. just in tears. Uh, It was all I could do to get there. Mm -hmm. Just to put my dressings on, you know, John would have to put medicine on me, wrap my wounds. I had open wounds everywhere to put on clothes, hurt, Mm -hmm. you know, and I would show up crying and he would talk to me and encourage me. Mm-hmm. And my occupational therapist, that person's one who, you know, helps you with the practical life skills. Like, how do I, you know, how do I fasten my bra? Yeah. How yeah. am I going to tie my shoes? How am I going to, you know, how am I going to do anything? How am it's- I going to get my hair done, you know? And um, she was this woman, this older woman. And she was wonderful support for me. Yeah. She would tell me, 
Each day, you are getting stronger. Each day, you are healing. Mm-hmm. And she would she would talk to me about scar massage. That was a whole new thing. Mm-hmm. And when she first talked to me, I thought, are you kidding me? Scar massage? Never heard of that. Oh, yeah. Well, you can, your body has all of this um, collagen, right? Okay. Uh-huh. But when it heals with trauma, it kind of goes overboard. So uh-huh. your scars will begin to get raised. Uh-huh. and get worse. Uh-huh. So you have to massage that wow. and kind of push that collagen down uh-huh. and around uh-huh. because you, your trauma, you know, it, it caused a, a bad reaction for the collagen. It did it over, over did yeah. it. Uh-huh. So she would say, you've got to massage that collagen down. Well, I was so overwhelmed because I would say, oh my goodness, I have scars all over. You have what to deal with it. About? Yeah. Scar massage. Yeah. I'll be here all day. Yeah. You know, and she said, just pick a place and scar massage. And, you know, and I had all this lotion I would put on and it would work. It wow. Would just work. It really works? Said, yes. Oh, yes, wow. I like information like said, that. Yes. Right. Uh-huh. And she said, while you do your scar massage, Maria, she said, you visualize that becoming flat so she helps me by you know telling myself it's going to heal by giving me a visual visualization and by taking it in small pieces right work on this place on your arm work on this place on your leg you know the places that you would you know for me it was kind of like you know, I want to wear short sleeves again. Yeah. So my arms, it was very important for my arms. My lower legs, they have so much technology now. They put some stuff on my, um, all over my body. And they said, when this is over, you're going to have the legs of a 20-year-old all the time. <laughs> and so <laughs> everything's going to be very, you know, I was going to heal. But the skin grafts, that's the part that's going to really struggle. There were some really, there were some third degree burns uh-huh. and that's going to take more time. That may, there may be scars there, but that's on my hips, uh-huh. which will be covered and um, my arm. And they said, you know, you can maybe get some lasering done cosmetically later. Wow. You know, just let's just kind of see where things go. But, um, I have learned so much through it all. Just the through the process, of- yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I think to myself, you know, just that it didn't get my face. That I can go places, yeah, and people don't even know if they don't know me, they can't tell that there's anything that happened. Uh-huh. And later, when you know my skin heals, you know maybe, you know. Maybe it'll be okay, but it's, it was very hard as a woman um, to accept this, that I may be scarred for life. I mean, even though it wasn't my face, I, you know, I love wearing dresses and, yeah. you know, sleeveless, you know, shirts and, you know, and we have the pool, the swimsuit. I'm like, what am I going to wear? I can't be in the sun for like two years. And I love being outside. So 
I've had to learn, you know, how to get the SPF clothing and yeah. all of that. Just a, it's it's just a life change. Yeah, but, you, um, you, but yeah, it's it's temporary, you know. Yeah. So after yeah. two years, you can go out in the sun, <clears throat> but you have to put something right. Yeah, yeah. Like even now, mm-hmm. I can go in the sun, but. I put um, sunscreen on, or mm-hmm. actually, I haven't even used sunscreen yet. I just, I just keep covered. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my girls and I went hiking the other day, and I wear the hiking pants, and you know, free fly this brand, you know, things that are long sleeved with SPF, and I just go on, and you know, just what it's going to be like for a little while because my new skin that's growing in is very sensitive uh-huh. and it will burn easily. So I have to protect it. So how but long, is, yeah. How, how long is that before you actually, um, cause you know, I mean, to tell you the truth, Maria, I've had taken care of other people before, but I have never taken care of, uh, you know, patients that have this kind of experience. So, uh-huh. I mean, you're actually, you know, you know, kind of like lecturing us, like letting us know what's the process out there now, you know, and, and, and I, you know, like what you said, we have all the modern technology now to uh, kind of like make it better, not like what it was before. So um, how long before, you know, you're actually done with this skin graph and when you can actually go out there and your, is your skin going to be, you know, uh, close to what it was before or, Yeah. Well, that's the thing that is frustrating is I like to know exactly, but Mm -hmm. they say everyone's skin is different. Everyone heals differently. Differently. Uh And so, um, like for now, um, you know, on my hips, Uh it's, it's, I mean, it's so much better. The redness, the, the skin discoloration is better. Like at first it was just so red and in places purple. I Uh mean, it was just horrible. Um, but, um, it is much better on my hips and my arm, my skin grafts are, but like, I can still see, like, it looks like a fishnet pattern Uh on one of my hips and on my arm. And so, you know, again, that will fade, but they can't tell me exactly when, but they do say if it bothers you, you can get laser treatments. Uh Um, and so... I don't know. There's a part of me, I'm very positive with my thinking. And I just think, you know, I think, I think I can get it to go away. Yeah. Without doing the laser treatment. Is that what you, well, I don't know. I think I may end up getting some laser treatment on my arm Uh just because I look at it and I think, I don't know that that's going to go away. Uh I've been doing scar massage and I just don't know. But usually they say to wait a year. But lately they've been telling me, you know, they've been seeing that you can go ahead and begin earlier. Okay. Because there's a lot of stiffness in my arm because because they did a skin graft there. They used my own skin. Uh-huh. But it's like sewing it on there. So my arm, like I couldn't bend it or straighten it for a while. So that's what a lot of my physical therapy was, was learning, learning, not learning, I guess, but relearning stretching that skin, yeah. getting the skin to stretch ah. so that I can move. Okay. And my hips, 
like he walked with me on walking and stretching my hips so that I can walk upright without any problem. Because if you don't do your physical therapy, I see that's what terrified me, Mary, is if you don't do the physical therapy like they suggest, Uh you will not be able to move correctly. Like I may have been... I may have been stooped when I walked uh-huh. or not been able to walk taking a normal stride. Yeah. It may have affected my walking, my arm. It would have affected how I, you know, one arm would move freely, but the other arm would be stuck in a position. Is that something kinda, to do? Sorry, Maria. Um, is that something to do with the bones or the skin? Because the skin's kind of like... Skin. A, a stretch. Oh man, I yes. never thought of it because that way. Because when they put the skin graft, mm-hmm. it's not, you know, you're putting skin over your skin, and then your skin that was traumatized has to grow back up through that new skin, and you have to stretch it in order to have flexibility. Oh. So even when I wasn't even. Um, my physical therapist from the hospital told me, even before you woke up, I was bending your body. Yeah, yeah. Right? And then when I went to physical therapy rehab, I was really struggling to even bend down to touch my feet to put on shoes. You know, when I got home, I was still very stiff, you know, and I was I was terrified. I thought I cannot live like this. Was it? I. It was awful. The, okay, so it was. I'm sure it's painful. Did they give you some kind of a medication to ease up the pain or not? Yeah, they gave me a lot of high power meds, but mm-hmm. I've never been one to like medicine. Mm-hmm. So when and I don't respond well to it. Like I, I had a lot of. Um, uh, hallucinations and mm. things. So when mm. I could, I started weaning back. And when I got home, I no longer took any of the medication they gave me. I took ibuprofen. Mm-hmm. And I was prescribed lots of vitamins and lots of um, things like that. Mm-hmm. And I was prescribed uh, depression medicine. And I did not want to take it, but mm-hmm. I... I needed it. My friend, my best friend said, you need to stay on that. Yeah. Because you, and, and it, I was, I was, I, Mary, I was so, I don't know that I was depressed because I never liked to consider myself. Like I never yeah. wanted to let myself accept Yeah. Yeah. that I'm going to be depressed, but I was in such a state that I just kept thinking, I don't want to live this life. Yeah. This isn't the life I want to live. Yeah. I don't want to be in here. And I would just cry. I couldn't even control the crying. And I would think of people who who were disfigured. You know, I would try to look at burn survivors yeah, yeah. to see who I can relate to. Because yeah. nobody I knew, I couldn't relate to anyone. Yeah. And when I would Google it, these people had no faces or no oh, arms gosh. or no legs. And then I remember thinking, I am so fortunate. Yeah. I cannot wallow in my self-pity because I do not have, you know, and that's the thing, Mary, is someone always has it worse than you. Yes. 
Uh-huh. Someone always does, no matter what your situation is. And as bad as it was, and as painful as it was, and just, you know, my day would consist of, you know, I'd get out of bed and I've got to take a shower. So I've got to take off all these dressings. You know, I was like a mummy, you know, and Uh you shower and it hurts, you know, and yet you have to cleanse. You have to then pat yourself dry. You, you know, there's all the medicines, you know, that John would put on and, and wrapping me up and, and then, yeah, and then it's like, I'm so worn out. I don't even want to put on any clothes, you know, but I would just make myself, you know, Yeah. you just had to keep going. going. You have to keep yeah. going. See, that's yeah. why I think they gave you the medicine because in your mind, you're a strong person. But then when you're actually in the process and you realize mm-hmm. the stuff that you have to go through to get to the end of the line on, yeah. you know, each yeah. day, then it right. will kind of like bring you down. So, so it's a good thing that they, you know, you have all these supports to kind of get you through the whole thing. Absolutely. And I'm a big believer in you have to do what's best for you. Well, you know, like on the high power medication, when I saw that I could handle with ibuprofen mm-hmm. and that's what I did. If it was worse, I would have used what they gave me, but I just wanted to try to get by with the least amount, you know? Yeah. But I also, um, I also think it's important to mention that I also decided, you know, I'm going to a counselor. I need help Mm -hmm. dealing with this because the traumatic things I went through at home and then in the hospital, the hospital stay was very traumatic. And then I would look out my window and there's the hot tub. You know, Mm -hmm. I was going to have to deal with things. Mm -hmm. And so I got help and it, it has been very good um, for me as well. So I think sometimes we've got to know when to ask for help. Oh my gosh. That's the word. Sometimes we need a professional, Yeah, you know, and this person really helped me Mm -hmm. and I feel like I've adjusted so well. For many reasons, you know, my, I had the support there with my husband. He, oh, Mary, before this, I would have told you, yeah, when I get old, John's just going to put me in a nursing home. He won't know what to do with me because he's never been, um, you know, attentive or, you know, real nurturing. Mm -hmm. He's just kind of a, you know. I don't know. You, you know, didn't know. And then once no, this thing happened, you realize he stepped up to the, yeah, yeah, he stepped up to the plate. Coming to me, right? I'm the mom. He's, you know, that's not his deal. But, you know, I was so, um, wow, amazed at the level of compassion and strength he showed to me um, during that hospital. He was the person, he was my he was my person, you know, Mm -hmm. he sat there by that bed all the time they would allow. And he stayed in a hotel right next to it the whole time. And when I got released to go to rehab, he wanted me to go to one where he could stay with me there. And he stayed, he slept in a chair by my bed. He 
he slept in a chair by my bed to be with me and he went to all my classes. He was there and I had him when I came home to dress my wounds and to cry too. And, you know, honestly, it was traumatic for him too. Yeah, yeah. And um, so it's like um. It's like a test for him. And then he probably realized that he's also strong emotionally to take care of you. Because yeah. that's like, you know, like what you said, you didn't expect that. And um, no. so he's like your rock. He's got your back. Yeah. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And he, he just, you know, we grew as a couple mm-hmm. through this. Mm-hmm. And that is another one of those things I'm grateful for. I'm grateful that it strengthened my marriage because, mm-hmm. you know, I think I told you, um, aside from this podcast that, you know, we went to Italy, we celebrated 20 years. It was wonderful. But then we come home and he's back to work, you know, mm-hmm. work, mm-hmm. work, work. And I mm-hmm. thought, Oh man, I really missed that. John, I knew in Italy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like our second honeymoon. Yeah. But this, you know, no matter what happens from this day forward, I know, I know how he gave everything up to be there for me. He did not. I love that story. One tool. He just left the shop to the workers there to run it. He didn't, he didn't even, he had my friend and some people in the community rose to the occasion. They took care of the girls. He put me first. And I will always remember how he put me first. I love that story. So, it's such a sweet yeah. story. It's like a, oh, it's like a love so, story. It's like a love oh, story again. Yeah. It, yeah, it really meant the world to me, and um, yeah, and and it, it helped us with our priorities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We had our priorities. Um, you know, like me, I trusted in you know, hey, I'm fit. I try to keep pretty, I keep the house, but all of that was taken from me. Mm-hmm. And I, I learned, you know, you can have everything stripped from you. You can have your physical ability stripped from you, your emotional. I was emotionally ruined mm-hmm. there for a while. Mm-hmm. You can have everything, your family taken from you. I missed my kids so much. That's why I got out of there was I thought of my kids. And then I couldn't see them in the hospital or through rehab. Um, I couldn't have germs around me. So I had everything stripped from me except my spiritual, my spiritual self. Yep. And that, when you have that, you know, your soul is all you have in the end. And you have something there if you'll nurture that. And that, that taught me a lot about that. It's just, you know, when I was in the worst pain of my life, I felt like God was there with me. Yeah. And um, I don't know. You're, that's you're, another blessing. Yeah. yeah a grateful it, thing to accept. Well, see, that's why, that's why I said, you know what? The things that you went through last year, it's something I can relate with because I was also, you know, on the other conversation we had where I also experienced hardship and adversity. And I also had to uh, 
call for God, you know. And so I was like, I know through this process that you have experienced last year, and I, because I know that you also have your um, faith in belief that, um, that you have realized and, you know, um, kind of like um, learned through the process that, hey, and you just said it beautifully earlier that without your spiritual self and believing on this, everything can be stripped away from you. But if you don't have any, you know, if you don't have any faith or belief, then what's what's going to keep you going? And that's what kept yeah. you going. Yeah, because it was all gone in just a moment, you know. Yeah. Everything, everything I could count on. But, you know... I really think, Mary, like with your hardships, I think that what keeps people going is if they have this growth mindset yep. where uh-huh. I am going to get better. Exactly. To get through this. And you, you know, I listened to a podcast called um, Excel Still More. And he talked this one. That's another thing that got me through is. I did a lot of listening to podcasts uh-huh. and positive, positive, you know, positive things, yeah. right? Yeah. Because I don't want to think about sad things, you yeah. know, or negative negativity. I needed to surround myself with positive things. And this guy had one called change or accept. And that spoke to me. It was like, if you can't change what has happened to you, you need to accept it. And make peace with that and find a way to grow. To move on. Yeah, to move on. See, that's why. Yeah, because I'm like, I can't change that I stepped into that hot tub that day. I kept, I would keep going back. Why did I do this? If only this, if only that, if only, you know, I would drive myself crazy thinking if only. And I thought, you know what? I can't change what happened. Happened. I can accept it. Yeah. So now, you can move I, on. So you yeah, can. Right? Yeah. I needed to move on. I'm like, what can I do now? Look at me. I'm a mess. What can I do? And I'm like, okay, Maria, think about it. You can take your vitamins that help with skin reproduction. You can take your vitamin C to help your immunity. You can rub the lotions on. You can exercise. And I, to this, to this day, I'm no longer in physical therapy or occupational therapy, but I do yoga for my stretches. Yeah. And I've begun running again. I mean, just that I can run again is amazing. You know, mm-hmm. I keep moving forward. I think, what can I do? And I do that, like the scar massage. I can try to do some of this scar massage and I'm getting better. And I think it's important that we find a way to thrive where we are, what we're given, you know, again, it's not what I would choose, but I am getting better yeah. because I'm not standing still. Yeah. You're moving. You're always, you're always moving. And not, 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 not only that, um, Maria, I think this thing, you know, what's so also beautiful about you is that you are like open-minded, you know, you're like, okay, I need to make the change. I need to have control of my life again. And for me to have control so that way I can get to the better place is to accept the things that happened in the past and make the change and just 
you know, turn the negative into the positive. Yes. You know what I mean? Mary, that's it. Yes. Because that's what I lacked was control. Mm-hmm. I, my therapist, my uh, counselor said, you feel like you've just had all your control stripped from you. Mm-hmm. When you're in the hospital, you can't control what they're doing to you. Mm-hmm. Mary, I remember, I remember begging, pleading nurses, just stop, please, begging mm-hmm. like a child mm-hmm. for them to stop what they're doing to me because of the pain. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, you, I had no control. They were going to do it anyway because that's what needed to be done. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he said, you need to claim that control. Mm-hmm. Now that you're home, you get control of yourself. You need to make choices. You know, like when you're in the hospital and they first begin to ask you, what would you like to eat? Just being able to choose. Yeah, I want my California omelet and orange juice and coffee every morning. The rest of the time I'm here. (laughs) That gave me such peace just to place my order when I could finally, Mm -hmm. you know, get that intubation tube out. I could finally talk. I could finally place my order. So I think wherever we are, whatever the circumstance once we get to a point where we can do something, mm-hmm. it's such a joy to take control yes. and do what you want. I think that was so key in a lot of my healing. Too. Yeah, because you lost control once you fell into that, you know, yeah, that it was over. water. And then you, then you have to go through this... Um, process of healing and that's that's why you know i'm that's what i'm saying it's it's also your mindset realizing right away hey i need to make the change i need to have control again in order for me to get better and to be in a better place because not every one of us can go and think like that or do that you know that's why we're all different because we're all you know and that's why we're all unique you know each one of us heals differently and takes certain amount of time however long it you know, however long we come, um, ac- you know, we come to accept things and then yeah. how fast we accept things. You know, I mean, af- obviously, yeah. the faster you accept the changes or what happened to you, then the faster your, you know, your road to recovery. And for me, I'm like, you know, I was like inspired with, with you because I was like, oh, wow. It's like, it's not even a year. And you, I can see that you're coming back again. You know, you're like, you're here again, you know, and, you know, it's like you're, you know, you're little by little, I can see the, the, the spirit in you or the, the thing in your eyes, you know, like this, the eyes are soul. What is that saying? I always yeah. mess it up, Michael. Yes, I think it's, um, the eyes are a window into the soul. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I always mess it up and Mike is the one who always corrects me. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, I know, I know what. Yeah, yeah. But it is. You can see the light of a person in their eyes. Yeah. I, you know, I tell you what helped me, Mary, and I think it may help others, is to document your process and look back sometimes. Yeah. Look how far you've come. You know, look how far you've come. I've taken pictures, and when it feels like, you know, it's almost been eight months, and I'm not where I want to be, I think, I've only got four months left. For it to be a year, right? Uh-huh. But then I look back at my pictures and I'm like, yeah, that was really awful there. Look at that. Yeah. And I can see that 
my um, process seems slow to me, but when I look back, really, I have come a long ways. And when I wake up in the morning and I'm not stiff and I can stretch and move my body any way I want, I know the time I put in, it helped. You know, I know when I can look back and say, I can run two miles. I know there's progress. And, you know, I think I told you, but, and I'll mention here, just my physical therapist. He told me, you have to look at this process like a bar graph. You know, when companies want to show, you know, how sales are yeah, going, you know, the progress. And you look at the bar graph and, and the bars are all going up, you know, and or the arrow up above is all pointing up, you know. But he said, if you look day to day and you look more closely, you may see a bar that's not as high or the arrow dip down. It dips down. He goes, those are setbacks. Uh -huh. You're going to have a setback because one day I was crying. I was having a major setback. It was all I could do to get there. And I was crying and I couldn't imagine doing anything. And he said, this is one day. This is a setback. Overall, if you were to look back, you're going to see your growth. And I've always visualized that. And I, this week, Monday, I had a major setback. And I spent a lot of day in my bed. Um, I spent a lot of time going over the accident. I spent time crying. And I, you know, but I reached out to my husband. I reached out to my friend. I prayed. And I said, you know, tomorrow's going to be a new day. Yep. And it was. And I've been fine the rest of this week. Mm -hmm. But we are going to have setbacks. But if you look overall, if you think, you know, how, look how far you've come, you know, you, I think you will be amazed at what you, what you've, you've accomplished. Yeah, you'll accomplish. You know? yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember, how, you know, having that conversation with you. And, and, yeah. and it's for me, what gets me going you know, through obstacles in life, I call it obstacles, is that I always remind myself when there's an obstacles that I'm like stuck, you know, stuck on, I'll be yeah. like, you know what, this is, this is what God gave us. And basically what it is, is that there are things in life that there's going to be obstacles on our goal, you know, to, to reach the goal that we're trying to go to, you know, to achieve or go to. And basically, yeah. it's, it's one of those things that it's how you look at it and how you look, look at solving the problems. There's always going to be obstacles for oh, as long man. as we're alive. You know? Mary, that reminds me of something else, what you just said, to solve the problem. I, um, I bought a journal, and every day I put in an affirmation. It says, write an affirmation mm -hmm. to yourself. Mm -hmm. And um, when I had that, setback day, Monday, I went through my journal and I said, you know what? I'm going to read my affirmations. These are statements I said about myself that I thought were true. And one of them said, I can solve problems. I'm a problem solver. Mm -hmm. um, another one said, I am resilient. You know, I may get down, but I get back up, mm -hmm. you know, and just reading those affirmations 
you know, I wasn't trying to cheer myself the day I wrote them. I was just writing your feelings. I'm going to remember this thing yeah. about myself today and tell myself this thing today. I'm a problem solver. So all day long, I think about as problems come up, I'm like, well, I'm a problem solver. I'm going to solve this problem, whether it's a website issue, a customer service issue. I'm going to solve the problem, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then later I look back and I see that when I am upset and I see that, you know what? I'm a problem solver. Okay. So I got a problem. I'm going to fix it because that's me. That's who I am. So it might help people to, you know, do something like that, some journaling or write things down or yeah. give yourself some affirmation so you can look back and remind yourself of that. It's kind of like that whole looking back, how far you've come. Look back, look at who you're, look at who you're becoming because really in the end, Mary, um, let's say I heal a hundred percent. Let's say I, nobody including my husband, can even tell I had all those burns. Mm -hmm. Let's say I go back and I go back to life as usual. But if I didn't grow from this experience, if I didn't share my struggles with other people, then I've not changed. I'm the same girl I always was. I like that one. I like that yeah. one. See, I, I believe... who you're becoming, right? Yeah. It's who you're becoming. Yeah. That's why I'm going through this is because God hopes I'm becoming better mm -hmm. and I need to help other people. Exactly. A better, yeah, a better version of you. So you have to learn from your experience and grow from it. Yeah. 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 I like that one. Well, you know what? I really enjoy your story and, you know, I really appreciate you sharing us the most probably traumatic experience in your life that happened to you. And, um, I'm just really thankful that um, you're willing to share that experience with us. You know, I mean, as, as, you know, as painful as it is, I do, um, you know, want to share it to other people. So that way we don't know, maybe someone out there right now is going through the same thing that you went through last year. And maybe hearing your story might motivate them or might inspire them to, to you know what I mean? To yeah. do what you did and be a better um, person or put them in a better place. Um, one of the stuff that I also um, want to share with you, um, and I was, you know, when you were talking earlier, I was thinking about this in my head. It's like you, 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 you use the word vulnerable. And for me, it's like there are some point in our lives that we are put in a vulnerable position or situation. And if you don't, deal with it, or if you don't uh, accept it, then you're not going to get better. So sometimes talking about it and like what you're doing, it's a healing process for you. So for me, the way I'm looking at it is vulnerability leads to courage, love, and growth. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I mean, Mary, I've just got to tell you, uh, just that you asked me to do this, and me thinking, okay, I need to do this. And then to hear myself as I'm talking to you today, mm -hmm. talk about the accident without breaking down. I, 
it's a gift to me today. Just knowing I can do that now. You can, you know? yeah. yeah. It's it's a it's been a journey, but I um, I appreciate the opportunity. You know, I I do, and I it's a it's a big deal to me. And I, you're welcome. And and and, I, and that's why I brought you uh, on my podcast today because I really hope and wish that it will reach more people out there, not just in our industry. And and it would be nice, you know. I mean, I'm thinking or visualizing in my head. It would be nice if, uh, you know, I because you you're so good at this, Maria. You're so good at you know storytelling and. You know, you have something to share to people. And I think in the future, you know, maybe, I don't know, it could be your calling that you could be helping other people out there. Like maybe like, you know, um, I don't know, because I'm not sure, like if there's a community for people that have gone through like, you know, burn experience, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You could be I like do. a spokesperson for them. So. Well, yeah, I, um, that did cross my mind. I don't know. I do know that I did feel like I opened an Instagram account called survive and thrive. Mm -hmm. I thought at one point in time, maybe I could write a blog where people could find it on Mm -hmm. the internet Mm -hmm. if they were looking. Um, But it's, um, you know, it's also kind of painful to do too, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's just a process. It's a process. It's it's probably the time too, right? Because it's so, it's so, it's fresh, it's, right? Yes, exactly. It's very fresh right now. Yeah. But um, but I do hope maybe. I mean, if I can help one person, then it's you know it's worth it. So I think yeah. I think you did beautifully today. You know, I mean, it's mm-hmm. like the you know you shared the story to us. You know, and you're brave enough to talk about it and to go back at that moment. You know, and to just explain to us the process and even the physical therapist. And I think those um, healthcare uh, workers kind of like gave you some motivation too. And probably like, you know, like said, you know, to themselves, Hey, I'm going to like, you know, deal with uh, people that are really sad and they have to be motivated. And so they probably have like things that they have, like, you know, a way to motivate people. So, Oh Yeah. Yeah, I have a whole respect for physical therapists, occupational therapists, and even even full circle. My best friend, I, I need to mention to her, she was there in the hospital, too, for two weeks straight. She lost her dad to Burns. Oh, man. And her being there for John and her mother, they were there for him. And he, th- those were the only two people he wanted there. Because they understood, uh-huh. they knew what he was going through, uh-huh. and so that just shows you we respond to people who knows where we're coming from. Uh-huh. And Oof. so, if I can be there for someone else, you know, I hope to be that support for someone someday, like Monica and Barbara were there for John. Yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well. It's- I really appreciate you coming on to my podcast. Um, let's see here. I've seen that um, you've actually have some growth because I'm seeing you little by little coming on to, um, you know, posting stuff on your Facebook stuff, you know, Facebook yes. wall. And and yes. then, like I said, I'm seeing, you know, the the 
little by little, I'm not saying 100%, like the old Maria coming back slowly, and I'm like happy for you because I'm seeing it in your, yeah, you know, I look in your eyes and I was like, oh, okay, I'm seeing that spirit again, you know, Maria's coming back. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. So, yeah. Oh, good. So, hey, um, Maria, what I want to actually just to, you know, cap this or probably, um, you know, kind of like, just finish it up. Um, what I wanted to um, ask you um, is like, how is it now with business? I mean, are you back to work? Are you back working with John? And then also, um, is there something new? Go, I'm going back to business now just to, re- you know, kind of like sure, sure. recap here. So are you like, um, do you guys have new tools that you want to say since like we're almost to the end of this oh. podcast? Yeah, well, we I am back to work. Um, about with COVID, it kind of, I'm here at home with the girls, mm-hmm. but I do pop in. I take pictures of new tools. Um, yesterday I shared on Instagram about some, um, I do all the social media marketing. Um, I handle, you know, customer service type things, sometimes, um, questions they may have. And so, yeah, I, I do the internet, you know, when we add tools, um, I don't work as much. I kind of pulled back Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I put my family first. That's Mm -hmm. my, my new and improved Maria. Mm -hmm. But, um, as far as new tools, yes, we have new tools all the time and we got some new, um, we're building tools for even different tool companies. Um, they know we have an excellent crew and we are able to crank it out there. We, yeah, so we um, have new tools by Excalibur coming out. We, um, you know, had some new tools from Dent Reaper recently with the, you know, Dent Reaper Angels. Mm-hmm. And all, I mean, there are just so many. Yeah, so always be looking for new tools from A1 Tool because we will always strive to put out what is needed in the industry. Mm-hmm. And so that's how we're going to keep going. And we hope to get on the road and sell tools as well. John and I used to do that in our early years, and then we kind of, you know, stopped that because of kids. But now we're getting our tool van ready, and we're going to be doing that eventually. And, yeah, just keep on keeping on. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, oh good. Um, I know that um, MTE Las Vegas will be in August. Uh, you guys are uh, – I mean, I don't even know what's going on. I mean, if people are going to go because of this COVID-19. So I know. I think a lot of people are just kind of waiting to see what happens. Uh That's kind of where we are. We will, you know, we will make decisions uh, based on what we think is the best at the time. So I hope everything gets gets to going. Yeah. I I do. Yeah. Well, we have like about, I don't know, four or five months. August, yeah. Yeah. well, yeah, about four months or something like that. So we have like a way to um, more, you know, more time to like think about it. But well, yeah. I hope to see you guys in Las Vegas. You know, yeah, if I that happened, you again, yeah, yeah, it'll be so good to see you. <laughs> I appreciate you coming on to my podcast again, Maria, and I really, really, probably would like to spend time with you when we do see each other again at MTE because it's so busy sometimes I don't even get to you know I get to say hi and then that was it (laughs) 
I know, I know. We need to make the time. Gonna have to do it. Yeah. Even even yeah. if it's just like a dinner or a lunch or something. Oh, I would love that. Yes. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, folks, this is it. Maria Callen back at A1 Tool. And we're saying goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Bye. Thank you.